How are you, Gary? What's doing going good. on in your doing world? Good. Uh, so I, I like this. I told uh, I told the the Plank Platoon members that I'm a little bit intimidated being in here because it reminds me of how little I've accomplished. Because there's certificates all over the wall. There's uh, accommodations. There's pop tarts. But I mean, <laughs> being in here it magnifies just how much work you've put in to making sure that you and your staff are trained for just about every type of disaster that, that can hit, right? So you guys will be able to help out. 100%. 100%. You know, we uh, we train and we train and we train. Um, it's really important. We spend a lot of money and a lot of time doing that so that everybody knows what to do and how to execute it. You know, and uh, it's really important to me um, that my people um, – are educated to know what to do. That's cool. And by the way, I also want to point out that Harbaugh v. Harbaugh Super Bowl, Josh, cannot happen when both teams are in the AFC, correct? That's that's going to be kind of a tough one, too, there. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So what have we seen since the, the, the ice came through? I mean, we just got melted out, I think, literally Tuesday afternoon. What have you seen? What's been going on? We saw a lot of water losses, a lot of broken pipes. Um, we saw a lot of them. Um, and the big deal right now is, you know, we – we, uh, we actually ended up taking over several water losses from other companies that were just not doing it correctly. Uh, we found that there's a lot of people out there that um, are, have decided to try to jump in and um, follow in our footsteps and uh, jump into this business, and they don't have the training and they don't have the knowledge of what right. they're doing, um, and they're not doing it correctly. I've seen several water losses where um, they had the potential of molt growing because they were not done correctly. Um, one of them was uh, an insurance referral, like an insurance company on their insurance list sent them out. And the homeowner was like, this isn't right. Like, he was a smart guy. He's been in the medical industry for a long time, and he was like, this isn't right. And he, he, he fired him and called us, and he was like, you know, I don't know why. You know, I wish I would. He saw us out right. in Edmond working a water loss, and he was like, you know, you guys have IDs on. You guys are in your shirts. You guys have nice, clean trucks. You have the right – you have equipment. He goes, you guys are a professional operation. He goes, I got these guys, you know, showed up in a pickup truck and dropped all this equipment off, and we walked through it and everything, and it was a mess. Mm. And, uh, you know, it's just, you know, you've got to hire a professional when you do this stuff. But one thing that we're doing uh, moving forward, Chris, is we're doing uh, emergency planning services. Uh, so if you have a commercial – business and you're interested um, you can reach out to us at Cavens and set up an appointment with uh, me myself oh, Gary cool. Cavens and I'll come out to your property and I'll walk it with you and talk about things that you know how you might um, li- limit damages and uh, train we can help work on a plan to train your people what to do if a water loss happens and how to limit those damages um, and basically we also have a VIP deal where you know when a situation like last week everybody calls at once and so what we're doing is we're making a vip program for basically you sign up and you basically if you have a water loss you call us and you get to knock to the top of the list because you you know are on the vip list so this is uh That's a awesome. new kind of deal that we're putting together uh, so if you're interested in it and you want to talk about it just give Give Cavens a call, 405-573-3048, and set up an appointment, and I'll come out to your property, and I'll personally talk to you about, you know, how we can help you uh, mitigate damages in an emergency if how, there's a water loss or something. How cool is that? What kind of, a, in your opinion, Gary, got you thinking that direction? What led you to 
think about this service? It's been something that we've wanted to do for a while. Um, we've kind of talked about it. You know, we got into the mold-free construction and a lot of the mold stuff here lately. So mm-hmm. water, you know, it's been so warm that we haven't really worried about water. But now that we're in the getting in those freezing temperatures and stuff like that, you know, it's it. I, I've met so many people that, you know, we get on site and they don't know how to shut off the water. They don't know how to shut off the fire sh- system that's flooding their building. But, you know, if I can come out there, we can start talking about that stuff and look for that stuff and train some employees on that. It's going to limit your damage uh, that's going to happen to your property. Save money in the long run. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. And downtime and finance, you know, you know, downtime for your company. You, you talk about this a lot, and I think I just sometimes... I'll, I'll blow right by it, but I told him, oh, we want to get you back up and running. But the importance of not missing any time for your commercial customers is so integral to this. It is so, so important. Um, it's so very important. And, you know, so many uh, mitigation companies just want to run in, and the first thing they want to do is they want to tear out sheetrock, they want to tear out the floors, they want to tear out everything. Well, not in every case do you need to do that. There are structural drying techniques that if you go to school for this, like we do all the time, and we have specialized equipment, uh, inject dries, special you know mats for wood floors and different things like that. We have a whole bunch of money invested in this of specialized drying equipment, so we don't have to necessarily tear out your business. Uh, but so many companies want to come in, they want to tear it out, as part of the drying process and then here you are with a business tore apart that now has to be put back together that is affecting your business affecting your cash flow affecting your employees affecting yourself and it didn't necessarily need to happen and that is an education issue that is a company that is not investing in training that's not investing in their employees um, that is not taking care of their customers um, and there's a lot of them out there that just are just go in, tear it out. Let's not worry about structural drying it. Um, and, uh, you know, we can get the construction. We can get the cost of the build back, you know. And, it, you know, if you've been affected by one of those companies, you really need to think about your options moving forward and make sure that you hire somebody that is reputable, that gives back to the community, that invests in training, and that is here to help you keep your business open and your cash flow going. 405-573-3048. Or you can log on to cavensgroup.com. Uh, and then, Gary, one thing I know that we cannot stress enough, you might see a minor leak or you might see something to where when the ice came through, it exposed a few areas in your home. If there's water intrusion, just because you're able to dry it up and the water goes away, you got bigger problems because mold can get in there. And, you know, we, we, we've talked a lot about the health issues it can concern, but it can it can destroy your property. You're 100% right, Chris. Right now, mold is the next step. So if you had a pipe break and it wasn't dried properly or um, it wasn't dried at all, you know, you need to start looking. If you start seeing water damage, you start seeing any kind of, you know, growth on the walls, if it's yellow, green, black, any kind of growth on the walls you need to call us you need to get a mold investigation you need to make sure you nip it in the butt before it becomes a big issue because the here's the deal insurance doesn't normally cover mold so if you end up starting to find mold you need to get that looked at right away before it continues to grow and becomes a much much bigger problem uh because um that's a huge huge thing huge thing massive you know, thing do not want it to turn into a huge thing let's keep it a small thing and if you see something pick up the phone and call us uh, we can do mold investigation mold testing find out what kind of mold it is um, and we can do the mold remediation too
Anything we're leaving out? I know you got a list. I want to make sure we hit everything on the list before we get out of here, Gary. That, you, that's it. You're, you're just, well. You're well prepared for today. <laughs> you know, a hundred percent. I mean, we're, we're, the big thing is, is we're here to help you uh, through this process, um, and we're we're also, you know, we're a local company um, that we we serve, you know, Missouri, Oklahoma, Kansas, um, uh, North Texas, Arkansas, uh, but we're we're right here in the heart of Oklahoma City and Norman, and you know we're really good at what we do um you know we're not a national brand we're giving back to the community we're giving back to nonprofits. you know and it you know it's really um you know when it comes to making decisions you know everybody always talks about local we're your local guy we're not your service masters we're not your serve pros we're not your blackman moorings we're not your uh paul davis you know we are a local brand that all of your money you spend with that company cavens goes stays in this community whether it's our our employees spending money in the community but none of it goes up for advertising or or national brand fees and all that their cut of the pie uh to another state everything stays in state here and so you know we're big and giving back to the community and you know we're thankful that all of our partners out there um, that we donate to and everything, you know, use us and, and help use us and don't use those national brands because they know that they're giving back to the community. Great stuff. I know you're busy. Thanks, Thank Gary, you. as always. You're the man. Gary Cavins right here at Cavins Emergency Response Disaster Response Group. They've got you covered. Learn more at cavinsgroup.com. It's good stuff. Man. And I like it in here, Gary. It's kind of nice. I don't think Amanda likes it as much. She can hear me better. It's like, oh, no, i got to deal with him. Oh, <laughs> yeah, it's like a direct shot right in her ear. Now, Josh, on the on the portal side of things, I don't really feel like we've had too much. We're kind of waiting to see what this fallout looks like for Michigan, right? Because it seems as if the focus has become 2025 and 2026 recruiting classes. I was, um, I think I was listening to Parker, and I was following it up. I'm making sure I dotted all my eyes. Listening to my guy Josh McQuiston last night. They uh, what like 38, 39 offers that are out there for the 25 class right now. Does that seem about right? I think it's in that area. Yeah, yeah, that sounds yeah. that sounds within the right neighborhood. Seems as if you know, again, following on social media, when you see Brent Venables in those pictures, you know that seems to be a pretty, <laughs> a, a pretty massive target. I have a guy that they want to go get. We're gonna talk about what's happening here in our home state real quick. I don't know if you uh, follow my man Nate Roberts on Twitter. The entire Penn State offensive coaching staff was in Washington yesterday to see him. Well, I would say that's uh, pretty pretty smart, including head coach James Franklin. So you start thinking about prioritizing somebody, right? And hey, Brent Venables, James Franklin, Ryan Day. Steve Sarkeesian, you know, pick those head coaches can't be everywhere that their assistants are going, right? They just can't. It's impossible. You got your 10 assistants on the road. They're going to be everywhere across the country going to these high schools. You know, maybe maybe the eye test is real important during this. All right, I, I've watched your film. I want to talk to your coaches, and I want to look at you. You know, I want to see, physically see you. And when you see him, it's like, all right, this is a, this is a dude. And I, um, there's so many parts of me that wish I could be with all these coaching staffs, like when they drive on campus at Washington, just to kind of see what the response is. To where you're driving down a, oh, a country road, 
you take a, a, a right turn, or you can go straight, Josh, and you uh, you turn through a, a small community, then boom. The promised land. There's this uh, there's this massive indoor facility. Well, massive. It's 50-yard field. But there's this massive indoor facility for a 2A school. There is a brand-new concession stand slash visitor locker room area. Still got to go over the cattle grate, though, if you go on the main entrance, Josh. And to me, I just I think it's really cool. And for a guy like James Franklin, I'm sure he's like, okay, uh, why am I blaming? Andy Colton, Nicky, right? Yes. I'm sure that I'm sure he's like, all right, Andy, you're talking about this kid. They can be great in your offense. Let's go see him. I want to see what it's all about. And I think that's that's cool for me being a Washingtonian now. But I think it's also magnifying just how big of a fight Oklahoma is in for Nate Roberts if they're going to secure him for the 2025 class. I told you guys my experience with the Ohio State coaches whenever they came in town. And we were at the state semifinal games, I believe it was, maybe the quarterfinals. And the Ohio State um, the Ohio State tight ends coach was, was saying, hey, I want to come on your radio show. I want to talk about Nate. I want to tell you how we're going to get the best player out of the state of Oklahoma. I mean, Josh, when you see those types of things happening, you know it's – he is oh, – A, he's a freaking stud. But, B, you know that other places are are really focusing on making sure he knows it's a priority. Yeah, it's not a phone or a Zoom call. That's right. It, it's in-person – prioritizing the the visit so yeah that you know somebody that talented that blue chip Mm -hmm. of a recruited potentially you know you're talking nfl type kid down the road you make time uh and you make the trip for that type of talent now before anyone gets mad i do want to make it very clear whenever i was at said washington i think it was jones football game you know brent venables was there right so it's not as if Oklahoma hasn't made sure, and I think everyone within the Roberts crew, family, mom, dad, everyone involved, I think they would agree. You know, it's not as if there hasn't been that, hey, you're important to us, from Norman to Columbus to everyone that's involved. Yeah, you're just presenting about... the type of challengers that are out there. Yeah, I'm just laying out to y'all. This is going to be a battle. This is going to be a battle. Don't you put this on me, Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. It's like uh, it's like Oklahoma you... taking right. taking a bunch of faces down to see Fasusi the other day. That's the number one That's offensive right. tackle. And look, uh, the stars are out right from Oklahoma because they know uh, what this guy could bring to the program. Just because I'm a big fan of his mom and dad. Just because I think. The, don't you put this on me. If he ends up in Big Ten country. But I'm just here to tell you right now, I thought that was cool as hell. It's like, oh, my gosh, look at this. There's like seven coaches there to see him. That's amazing. He's a stud. He's a stud. Oklahoma's going to be in for a good fight if they uh, if they want to battle for Nate Roberts. Oh, yeah. And um, I, I should also add from the super secret textoso line, Josh, I talk about seeing that picture the first day that they were allowed to be there, that oak, that you were allowed to make trips. Guess who was on campus for the Warriors? Brent Venables. So they know how important it is. Kid's a stud, man. Kid is a stud. All right. Um, 
Anything else recruiting slash portal-wise you think we need to get to here? Again, um, oh, let me just clarify this before we grab a break. Because I saw this a couple of times on the text line. I appreciate you guys reaching out. <laughs> um, <laughs> by the way, Nate, stop. 580, Nate. It's okay if we lose Nate Roberts signed Kindle. <laughs> Kindle. Kindle can't stand recruit. He can't stand whenever someone doesn't pick Oklahoma. In-state right? kids. Right, right. in-state kid. It's like, how dare you? It's okay. We're going to go get someone else. You caught a straight, Kindle. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, it's, it happens. The best of us, bro. So Wolverine reporter Chris Palace is reporting that Sharon Moore will be named the next head coach in Michigan. But when we talk about how quickly you want to make that decision, right, there are there's there's rules, there's levels to this. And because it's a public university job, it needs to be posted for a week. That doesn't mean they can't make the decision. That doesn't mean internally they can't say, Sean, you're the guy. We have to do this as a I don't want to say kind of a public facing thing. Now remember, if you if you believe kind of the old school reports, Pittsburgh, whenever the Steelers hired Mike Tomlin, were taking care of, of Rooney rule requirements when they interviewed Mike Tomlin and he blew them away and they're like, This is our guy. They do have to talk to people. But it appears as if, Josh, they're moving rather quickly to make sure that that roster knows Sharon Moore is the guy. Sure. And it makes sense from the transfer portal window and roster continuity sense. And then uh, Sharon Moore has, he's probably, he's earned this opportunity, right? You go back to last season and the Mm -hmm. big games that he coached with uh, Jim Harbaugh out of the equation. Okay. How much involvement was there from Harbaugh? From an, you know, not directly on the field standpoint, of course, but the, the week of, well, we won't know that, right? But uh, he, at least in an auditioning role, more handled it great, right? They, he was a big part of why they went undefeated and then went and won the national championship. Mm. It's a quick break. That's what we know. That's what we're following. We'll dive into it more in depth when we come back. All right, so the... Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line has started to pick up. Good to see the enthusiasm and the juice uh, juice on the program. A reminder, if you're wanting to learn more about the collectives, tomorrow on the show, Jason Belzer is coming on. He's going to be on with us at 11.03. So we're going to kick off the 11 a.m. hour. Tomorrow we're live from Riverwind, which is exciting. We're going to kick off the 11 a.m. hour tomorrow live with Jason Belzer. He is the head of the Crimson and Cream Collective, so we're going to learn a lot about him. I, uh, I I think fans should get a tip of the cap because they said, why are we not doing more crowd sourcing? Why are we not doing things like this? I think it was twofold. I don't necessarily know that it was a smashing success when they did it the first time. And secondly, I don't really know if they were comfortable in being like, kind of go fund me for the collectives. I, I just, I don't know. But we'll find out and we'll talk tomorrow to Jason But at the very least, there is a big push going on, and we'll tell you about it all in next, right here on the Home of Sooner Fans. All right, welcome back into the Home of Sooner Fans. It's the ref. We're at Caven's Disaster Response Crew. 
405-573-3048 with Josh on plank. I'm getting caught up on what led to the Otzelberger v. Jerome Tang interactions after the game last night. It's in the top five stories of the day, so we'll bring it to you. Doesn't seem like there's too much to it, but in watching it, I would I would ask about it after the game. Absolutely. Not absolutely. Kansas State. Boy, the Big 12. I will say this. As much as I'm not going to miss it in football because of the excitement level that it's building in football uh, and because of the greatness of the SEC, I think we kind of miss Big 12 basketball, Josh. Well, how could you not? I mean, the league right now is uh, just in, just incredible. Oh, it's unreal. All right, I want to get into what the Crimson and Cream Collective is doing. As I mentioned, tomorrow at 11.05, Jason Belzer is going to join us. But uh, let's get to the phones. 405-329-9000. First up, True Sooner. He has been incredibly patient. What's going on, True? How are you? Hey, man, I'm good. I'm looking forward to that segment tomorrow for sure. That's really going to I am cool. too. I want to learn a lot. I hope you ask a lot of questions. Um, hey, I was going to tell you, I think I think there's some – a former OU coach or two that might have that might share the same uh, sentiment with you, as far as uh, sentiment. I'm sorry, with you about uh, about Caleb Williams. So we'll see on the you know the, the mental prospect of it. You, so um, you're oh, wait a minute, hold on. You're with me or you're with TJ? You're worried about it or you think it's going to be okay? Well, there's an OU. Like I said, there's an OU coach out there that that's worried about it. Really? So, I mean, I'm, yeah. So. Huh. Is it a yeah, football you, coach? Yeah, you can. He's a former football coach. He can figure okay. that one out. All right. Did okay. uh, did this yeah, individual I, coach a number of different positions? Over does the this, years, yeah. Does this individual's <laughs> name rhyme rhyme with Tail Rundy at all? Does this <laughs> Does this individual Does he have a relative that Kale. just re-entered well, the transfer portal? <laughs> I love Kale. Well, I think was I've it, heard it. it. I actually, I think I've heard him say that. I think I think I've heard him say that uh, either on a, a Twitter post or somewhere. And listen, yeah. I'm just going to tell you, for a franchise that, and I love the Derek Carr. I, I will defend Derek Carr to the grave. And if it came up that the Raiders draft, uh, went out and signed Derek Carr, I'd be as happy as a, a pig and slop. But for not having a dude that can be Mahomes-like, Herbert-like, Lamar Jackson-like for a long time, if ever, in that organization, let, just just let me feel like that I would be excited about it for a little bit. Just just let me feel that excitement for an off season. No, true. I, I I would say this re- on the on the Caleb Williams front, guys. Mahomes, right? Look, feel how you want to feel about the ancillary uh, family members of Patrick Mahomes, but I feel like for the most part he's been relatively well liked, right? Okay, uh, there's yeah. there's a faction of folks out there that want to make it out like he's Tom Brady and he's constantly whining to the officials, but by and large he's been pretty well liked until guess what? You have a post game spat with Josh Allen where you are crying about mm-hmm. the officiating, and all of a sudden the narrative changes quickly. So I think about Caleb Williams. And here's somebody that I sort of chalk it up to he's he's still pretty young, right? And he's emotional, and he wants to win, but you can't you can't be 
crying in the National Football League after games. So if that continues, that'll be an issue, and that's a concern for a locker room trying to convince a bunch of grown men that this is our leader, this guy right here, and right, wrong, or indifferent, that does exist out there a little bit. In the the national perception, you don't want that as a franchise. But I tend to think, okay, I'm going to give the guy a chance. I think he's super talented, and probably he'll grow out of that. Yeah, and I and, and I'm with you, Plank. I'm I'm excited as a Raider fan. I'm excited. I mean, I'd I'd take him in a heartbeat. Um, and I'm excited about the things that are coming out. Uh, you know, of Raidersville. You know, and the and four. But I was, was going to tell you real quick. That I had I had a thing for you. Look, I I think we should, you know, have a Thunder Hour uh, during the week. You want your own show? Um, you want a Thunder Hour? I, you can I, have. Well, it, I just I I mean, I love 15 hours of Plank and you know what color of you know Jockstrap is Baker going to be wearing this week? You know, and all that kind of stuff. But 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 I would like a Thunder. Hour. And I got I and I and I you know the only thing is it would have it would offend some of the snowflakes. I'm I'm sorry, listeners that are that listen to this, but but I will tell you this real quick. I've got a stat for you that I found pretty amazing. Um, so the Thunder, they're on pace for 58 wins right now, which is the youngest roster. Uh, first, you know, there's only been two teams that have that have won 57 wins with under the age of 24. Right. Uh, so, so what are the other two teams? I'm going to ask you real quick. What are the other two teams that have okay. been under the age of 24 that have won more than 45 games? Is it is it like a current thing? Or are we going historically here? We're going historically, but we're not going that far back. We're going. Well, back. I would say the well, the magic the magic with Penny and and Shaq. No. No. The no, Thunder with Katie just, and Russ and, and Harden. Yeah, you could. Yeah, you could hit. You could throw a rock and hit the arena. So yeah, it's the uh, huh. the O nine ten Thunder team won fifty games with the under twenty four, and then the the O ten eleven won fifty five with the under twenty four. This would be if the Thunder do win more than forty five games, which they're going to. They're going uh, to be the third team in history to hmm. do that under the age of twenty four. And it's all OKC. Hmm. It's all OKC. That's yeah. That's hmm. pretty wild. That's that's a stat. Yeah, we'll see you guys. All see right, you have a good. Uh, by the way, I, I don't do this for many people, but the seven this, this shows me this shows me a commitment to the show. Seven eight five, hit up the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line, and said, "My boss came in and started talking about work. What's the scuttlebutt on Caleb Williams? <laughs> you guys don't understand how much that makes." Now, first of all, I would like to have a word with your boss. Because I would like to get the Plank Show and the ref pumped through that entire office building and everyone just accepts that for about three hours a day, productivity might go down a bit. Sure. But, no, it's just it's going to be what you'll hear It is what it is. There's rumors that the Raiders and the Vikings are, are hell-bent on getting their quarterback of the future and that they're going to try to move up to the number one pick. And, part, and many think... That's the reason why the Raiders hired Tom Telesco, because Telesco told Mark Davis he could get that done. Now, I will admit, I tend to get sucked into Raider talk a little bit too much, but we shall see. I don't God, think the Bears that'd are be so, the topic. That'd be so juicy if they wound up with Caleb Williams. That'd be so exciting. But the so I'll just tell you because you know it's going to happen. There's going to be, and when we get to Indy. By the way, when we get to Indy and Caleb Williams is able to talk to teams, guys, 
His value's not going to drop. It's only going to go up. It would be so great to have the the John Gruden quarterback uh, clinic or whatever it used to be. Gru- I, Gruden and Williams would love each other. I, well, and, and I just want to hear him ask yeah. about, now what's what's this with you and your mom and you're crying well, what's after going on here? Why are you crying? What are you crying do about you just, right here? Do you here? just love football? Do you just love it? Is that how much you love football? <laughs> Did I ever tell you the uh, – have I told the, the John Gruden, Kayla, uh, Kyler Murray story? No, I don't think so. So when the Raiders at that time, what draft was that? The 2019 draft? No, yeah, yeah, yeah. It'd be the 2019 draft because it was after the 2018 season. And there was that buzz building that if Kyler didn't go number one, he might drop a little bit. And Gruden, apparently Gruden talks to every quarterback he can whenever he was the head coach. And they had a meeting with Kyler Murray, and they're in a hotel room, right? And in that hotel room, Gruden's being Gruden. I'm going to take my mic a little bit away. And and Gruden's like, now I want to hear your cadence. I want to hear you. Give me your cadence, Kyler. Let me hear your cadence. And and Kyler did it a couple of times, and Gruden's like, I need more. I, I want more. What does it sound like? <laughs> and Kyler said, he's like, I'm in the middle of this hotel room, and I'm like yelling, hut, hut, or I'm doing whatever it, whatever it is that it would be. And Gruden's just like loving it. He's like, yeah, yeah, that's what I need to hear from you. You're my guy. <laughs> that's great. <laughs> uh, who did you say was next? I'm Benny? Yes. Yes. Sorry. Good morning, Benny. Welcome to the show. What's going on, Chris, man? my friend, good morning. Got a comment and some questions for you. Let's go. Uh, Kudos to the ladies' basketball team knocking off the Longhorns last night. It's a big win. Yes, indeed. Now, uh, I was listening to the cataract uh, by uh, Steely. (laughs) I had cataract (laughs) surgery, but it didn't help me to see any. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. (laughs) That's a good joke. I have to make a little comment. Hey, can you... uh, uh, tell me about softball. I'm in, uh, in a curiosity. If the era plays second or short, who would be okay. either or, right fielder, the DH. And uh, we've got, I, I think, uh, uh, Patty has six pitchers on that roster. I haven't seen her have that many pitchers on that roster with the, the, the three transfers and, mm-hmm. and um, Nicole May and the little uh, left-hander we had in the red shirt. I'm just curiosity of what the roster looks like. Uh, I think Sanders will probably be at first unless they move Brito to shortstop and who could play third. But just curiosity on what you think and who could be right field, second base, shortstop, or DH. Okay, good question. I appreciate your phone call, Benny. Hey, my friend, thank you very much. And uh, occasionally I'll get to hear you and Arnie uh, uh, on uh, at night, sometime I tune We're in so and listen sorry. to you. So I enjoy that. that. <laughs> hey, so thanks a lot, Chris. All right, buddy. I'll see you. <laughs> Just kidding. We love so, him. So, so, so sorry about that. <laughs> um, let's get a break. We'll talk because it's already 1039. And then you can give it the full run of uh, things. I'll give the next segment. And if Coach Gasso is listening, she can tell me how close I am, if I'm correct or if I'm incorrect. And we'll dive into it next right here on the Home of Sooner Fans. All right. So, Benny, Benny had asked a softball question before the break. And and I, uh, I got to tell you, it just hit me that next week we are doing the coaches' banquet on Wednesday. And then the following week, 
I leave after the show on Tuesday to go to Puerto Rico. No, I'm sorry, um, Mexico, Puerto Vallarta. And then I was looking at the schedule, by the way, Josh. I don't think after that first week, after the Puerto Vallarta trip, I don't know if I'm going to miss that much. I really don't. I think the trip to St. Charles, I'm driving. So I can drive down after the show on Thursday. The following week, I might have to miss Thursday's show because we're flying out on Thursday. But it's look I mean, it's looking good, dude. Now, the week of the trip to Puerto Vallarta might be a bit of a disaster. <laughs> but, but we'll do what we can. But I don't think I'm going to have to miss too much. I don't think I'm going to put too much on you. So here's what I came up with during the break. Okay. You ready? With the six pitchers. I I don't think Coach Casso or Coach Rocha have ever been in the mindset of this is my Friday, this is my Saturday, this is my Sunday. I do think, though, there is someone they like to open the series with. And Jordy was that, right? Um, spoiler alert, Jordy's in Nebraska right now. I I would be surprised if Nicole May didn't start the opener. Now, full disclosure... I have not had a chance to see Carly Keeney throw because she's been hurt. But I hear great things. Like, I hear she can be that dude at. So I think you'll see, and I think Kirsten Deal is going to get a lot of opportunities early in the season, man. We saw Kirsten look great last season. So to me, I'm all in right now, Josh. May in the opener, and then depending on, I'm sure Pickering selfie by now, probably Pickering, Deal, start the first three games. That's my guess. Here's my take on the lineup. Certain things are set. Patty Gasly even told us that. Kinsey Hansen's going to catch. Jada Coleman's going to play center field. Brito and T.R.A. Jennings are going to be somewhere in the infield. Now, here's the thing. Here's, here's my take on who starts it short. To me, it's whoever is most impressive replacing those players at their respective positions. In other words, if Avery Hodge is suddenly balling at second base, then I think T.R.A. Jennings will start it short. If neither her nor Q are really doing too much, but you have the veteran and Alina Torres who you can trust at third, then I think, I think Brito would be at short and Torres would be at third. Does that make sense? In other words, if if somebody steps up and is really mashing between – I was trying to make sure I got all my players involved here. Uh, between Avery Hodge, Quincy Lilio, uh, Alina Torres, if anyone in that group of three is 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 showing that, hey, they can be that person – then I think that's who would end up at short. Because to me, I think both Tiari and, and Brito are, are pretty pretty much push at short. I think they're both great. And I think Alyssa Brito is an outstanding third baseman. So my guess would be Torres at third, Brito at short, and Tiari at second. But I wouldn't be surprised at all, Josh, if it was Hodge or Quincy Lilio at second. Tiari at short and Brito at third. That makes sense? It does. 
Did I go too deep there? No, 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 no. That's, okay. that's great. We know that either Sid Sanders or Ella Parker will start. Our Emma Parker will start at first. Uh, and then whoever doesn't start it for our Ella Parker, sorry. And whoever doesn't start at first will likely be your DP. And then in the outfield, um, I, I, th- I think it's kind of simple. Jade is at center. Riley Boone's in right. And I think Cassidy Pickering and Hannah Korg in a battle for the, for the left field spot. And it wouldn't surprise me at all, you know, to see Jada get a little bit more rest this year and see a lot of Cassidy Pickering in center. That's my take. I wrote it down so I can see how wrong I am whenever Coach brings me to lineup. But if you if you go back, Josh, to what Coach told us, you know, it, it really is. They're equally as comfortable with Brito at short and Jennings at second, or uh, Brito or Jennings at short. But she stops. She's like, listen, Brito's a heck of a third baseman. So to me, if I'm really totally reading between the lines here, I think Coach would like to see Q or Avery Hodge or somebody step up and give them the confidence to move Jennings to short and be able to play them at second. Sure, because you've already got a good thing on that then on that left part right. of the infield. But who? Maybe Alina Torres comes in and mashes. I mean, you got to hit, and Torres is pretty good at third from what I've seen. I just don't know if her range is what Brito's is over there. But it's wild to think about how truly set things are. And then to fast forward to next year and see how wild it's going to be. <laughs> how wide open it's going to be when you take 10 players off this roster. Yeah, well, and uh, I would imagine, and a long ways to go, and let's hope there's another championship and plenty of wins between now and then to uh, celebrate. I would imagine Oklahoma, like they have been, they're going to find some talent out of the portal, too, because people want to come here and be a part of this. Oh, thank you. So, so the 405 is Maxwell not in the mix of starters. A complete and total omission on my part. I apologize. Yes, Kelly Maxwell will be in that mix, too. I apologize. So it would be like May or Maxwell, Keeney or, or Deal, and though those are the four. Right, my bad. Thank you. I completely Gosh. and totally spaced on Kelly. I completely forgot about it. They her. are loaded up in the circle. <laughs> um, oh, and by the way, Jessica Bame, who is like my soulmate, she says, fun to watch early in the season, all-time wins for coaches. Coach Gasso is currently third, one win behind Margie Wright. So Coach is right there knocking on the door of the third all-time winningest coach behind legendary Fresno State head coach Margie Wright. Or Margie Wright, excuse me. Dude, I can't believe softball's here. And here's the thing. Softball is like football. You blink, and we're going to be in OKC. Season's over. There's there's moments where the season might seem like it's dragging. Not for me. Man, not for us. Not for fans. For fans, it's like you blink. You're like, whoa, how do we get to regional play? Where did this come from? All right, it's 1051. There you go, Benny. Just for you and my softball diehards out there. Agree or disagree, 405 651 Three four three nine. It's the Plank Show right here on the Ref. All right, uh, welcome back into the Plank Show. Do, Toby touched on this yesterday, and so I haven't had a chance to really dive into it, and I'm saving it for our Primrose Funeral Services final thoughts, Josh. But we're going to talk some Elgin girls basketball. So I want to prepare you in an hour from now. Have you heard this story? No, but uh, oh. I'm excited. Oh, dude, let me tell you about it. It is juicy. It's and a dumb. doozy. It's a doozy, and it's dumb. It's just so dumb. I've been around parents like that, man. 
don't know what you guys are thinking. If someone isn't physically abusing or mentally abusing or yelling at you or are, are doing something that is destructive to your kid, what, what are you doing trying to start stuff? You're embarrassing your family. Anyway, I'll, uh, we'll dive into Josh, there's another hour-long tease for you. Huh? I like it, How about yes. That? How about you want to stick around for that. Hey, do you um, are you buying the reports out there? That the Falcons are continuing to talk to people because they're not necessarily sold on giving all the power to Bill Belichick? Uh, sure. I, I could get talked into that. Is it wild that he's having to basically, I, like I said, I don't know if he's begging, but is it wild that he doesn't, like, wasn't just a slam dunk hire? It's a man that's got be almost a Super Bowl ring for every single favor. Uh, every single finger, and he's having to fight, scratch, and claw for a job? Is that wild to you, or is it just me? Well, I think when you're a coach that fights so hard to also have that general manager role, that's where it gets difficult, right? It's, do you want to be the head coach, or do you want to be the GM? Hard to do both. I would assume you're not buying into the Andy Reid retirement story either. Uh, well, I'm hoping I don't have to buy into it. <laughs> All right, quick break. Top five stories of the day coming up next right here on the Home of Sooner Fans.